0: Project Tribute Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our nation's first responders. Our vision and mission is to enhance the life-saving capabilities of our first responders through raising awareness and funding for the life-saving work that they do. Our goal with the podcast is to be an educational avenue and a method for our heroes to express themselves. In the podcast, we will discuss various tough subjects. Some of the subjects may be uncomfortable or controversial. Our guests have the right to share their thoughts and ideas and for our listeners to hear the unedited words of our guests. The foundation's role is to showcase a diverse array of thoughts and opinions within the first responder community. If you hear something that you do not agree with, please consider reaching out to us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com and join our podcast. If you're a first responder and you would like to share your story, we truly would love to hear from you and learn from your experiences. Please enjoy this week's show. And as always, like, comment, and share to help us grow. You can find more information at www.projecttribute.com. Thanks and have a great one.
1: Hello, this is James with Project Tribute Podcast, coming at you again with another segment episode. Uh, we have our special guest with us. You probably are familiar with him at this point, but it is... John Wayne. All right, John. So, on this segment, I really wanted to um, kind of dive into the mental health aspect. This is kind of a, a theme. Each um, series, we like to kind of discuss um, mental health with the person that we're talking to. Uh You can be as vague or as open as you want to on these, Um, but just kind of a diving into it, your job specifically, uh, you deal with a lot of trauma, obviously, just from you're dealing with people in trauma, right? Right. So uh, what are some calls that like are the most common that you deal with? I I really think the public has an idea that um, every time they see an ambulance driving by it's somebody that just got their arm or leg chopped off, you know, some kind of accident.
2: Well, we do, we do a lot of just sick calls, people that are just sick and like cold and flu sick or. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do cold and flu sick. We do all kinds of sick, um, and people feel like they're too weak to drive, um, so they can't make it to the hospital or a doctor on their own. So we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, or for whatever reason, you know, they they feel like they can't make it to the hospital on their own. Yeah. And so we come and get them. We treat them uh, to the best of our ability and we transport them to the hospital. Um, But we run a wide range of calls.
1: Uh, What What are some of the more, you know, without without naming, you know, any particular incident? What I mean, what are some of the more serious ones? Um, for your local agency that you you deal with that happen,
2: um, I mean probably car wrecks,
1: ah, uh, yes, like yeah, uh,
2: car wrecks on the highway,
1: yeah, that's right, uh, you guys respond to like serious accidents that um happen out in the county as well, right, right. yeah, right. oh yeah, okay, so you see some pretty bad ones though, yeah,
2: I mean, we. We yes we we work the accidents that are the fender benders yeah here in town that are at the you know at the stoplight and yep. stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah you know, we work those but we also cover a large portion of a major highway that's
1: right yeah um, I totally forgot about that
2: you know we've had several instances where um you know the patient the best thing for the patient is to be life lighted yeah and that's where we're, you know we treat. As a ground ambulance, we treat and respond to that call. And the fastest way to get that person to a trauma center that they need is by air. Yeah. And so we'll have a helicopter come in. And
1: How how do you go about, um, like, when do you call for the helicopter? Right. Obviously, it travels very fast, but there's not a helicopter sitting in our municipality. Right. So what, like, when do you call for it? Um, so it can be there when it's needed.
2: I enough. will typically, if I'm going to request a helicopter, I'm going to ask for the helicopter when we get the page. Okay. When we get the call based on what it sounds like. Okay. Um, And what the mechanism of injury is. Yeah. You know, if it is an automobile accident, if it sounds like it's bad. Yeah. Then, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, but uh, location. Yeah. Um, You know, if we're on... You know the northern end of our county. Yeah, and it's a bad motorcycle wreck. Oh yeah. You know, well, for me to get to a trauma center mm-hmm. in the Tulsa metro area, then it may be faster for the helicopter than it is to me to come through all the towns yeah. in between here. all the
1: stoplights, stop all the stoplights. Even running,
2: even running emergent.
1: Yeah, I mean, you still got to come to a stop. Or at least very close to a stop at right. intersection. Stuff right. like that. Right. You yeah.
2: you have to drive with due regard still. Yeah. You and you can't just blow sometimes, through. Sometimes, you know, sometimes air ambulance is the way to go. Yeah. Um so we I make that decision based on what it sounds like, where it is, and then honestly, the tone of the person dispatching us. Yeah. You can hear the like the excitement in their voice. I don't want to say excitement, excitement, urgency, maybe yes. The urgency in their voice based on the calls that they're receiving. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, this sounds like it's going to be a bad accident. Let's go ahead and get the helicopter started. Now we may not utilize them Mm -hmm. once we get there and we make a proper assessment. Yeah. But you can always turn them around.
1: Absolutely. Rather than get there and say Oh shoot, we should have called yes. for the helicopter. Right. Yeah. So, so we need them to come now, but now they're behind the gate, you know, and mm-hmm. every second is very important to that person. Right. Um and, ha do we have let's see. Is there somebody else that works fatality crashes as well or do you guys still respond to those as well?
2: So, we still respond to fatality crashes. Yeah. Um and that's a got to pronounce. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to go up there and you've got to say uh, medically because yes. Oh,
1: you guys do that. Yes. Oh, man.
2: And you go up there and yeah, as an officer or a county deputy, you can go up there and say yeah, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. But then the medical professionals, uh in EMS come up and they're like, "Okay, you know, this is you know, the you know, time of death. Yeah, per se,
1: that's tough, man.
2: Um, so you know, we we see several of those. Yeah, um, uh, a lot more than we should. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is part of our job.
1: Yeah, that that is, and you bring up a good point. You know, being um, like I said, I always, I always like to go into the um to talk about the mental health portion at least one of these segments because it's so important. Um. Because the things that you see and that you deal with as a first responder are very can be very uh, hard to deal with, right? Hard things to see. Um, seeing another human being in a um, a fatality incident where they've died. Um, in my case, like you know, my job as a cop, somebody that got stabbed, got murdered, uh-huh. um, somebody who got abused. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different things you can see. And somebody in your case as an EMT. Um, and being a rural firefighter as well, you know, you can probably see people, um, being burned, people being in horrible crashes, people, uh, you know, in a very bad accident at home. Like, I, I yeah, don't know. I like, mean, the,
2: the list goes on. Yeah, I mean,
1: all kinds of stuff,
2: you know, uh, on the rural, on the rural fireside, you know, uh, going in there and that house being involved and going in and pulling somebody out and, you know, that's tough mitigate you know whenever they're burned 90 percent of their body yeah that's tough uh you know or even on the ems side you know going and somebody's been in some sort of accident and they've lost limbs yeah and you know or and you, you have know, to th- try
1: and keep that person like because you hope they're still alive you have to try and keep them calm and stuff to the best of your ability yeah right while oh, you're trying yeah. To re- and you and your mind are thinking like Holy crap! But yeah. you can't let them see that, right? right.
2: Yeah, right. You because you're the you're the you're the one that's there to help. Yeah, they're looking so. to
1: you, so you want to keep your composure. What with everything that you see, what are some things that you use to like decompress at the end of your day? You remind me of the schedule that you have.
2: So, uh, at my full time job, I work two twenty four hour shifts.
1: Okay, so you which means you have how many days off? Five. Okay. So, what kind of things do you do to try to decompress from the things that you may see at work?
2: Uh, I like to go out with friends. We go, you know, uh, I go over to some friends' houses. We cook. We'll just all get together. We'll just sit around. We'll cook dinner and we'll eat. And, Heck yeah. Uh, or, you know, on Friday night, we'll all go out to a local restaurant and just. Yeah. Awesome. sit there and just hang out and visit and are these all people that you work with yeah
1: how so you know there's the old the old tale of uh I don't know if it's a wives tale or whatever the term would be but first responders you don't want to hang out outside of work with other first responders cuz you always end up talking about work do you find that that's something that happens or well
2: sometimes that's a good thing
1: see and that's what I was going to touch on yeah is yeah. It can be a decompression tool. Almost. Yes. Yeah.
2: Because so we may, we may have a call that we ran, mm-hmm. and then you know you you analyze that call after it's over when everything's all said yeah, and done. Absolutely. You replay it in your head. Oh, for sure. You think about what could I have done different? Exactly. You know, exactly. or what could I have done better? Should I have done yeah. this first? Should I have done this? If
1: I would have done X, Y, Z instead right. of BCD would this person still be alive would they be in a better condition
2: yeah but you've had time to think about it you've had time to process it mm-hmm. now you talk about it with somebody that lives the same life you live absolutely um yeah you can go to Joe blow that you know family member somebody that is an accountant yeah well you can't I say you can't, I guess you could, but they're can, not going to, they don't understand. They're not going to understand yeah. the situation yeah. and the process. Cause they can't, they they don't work it. Yeah. They, right? Cause they don't so, live it. Yeah. Whereas when me and my friends get together after thing, you know, on things like that and we talk about it, I understand where he's coming from. He understands where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and absolutely, you know, I find if you're having a hard time with the best thing to do is to talk to somebody. Oh yeah. And it, and it doesn't have to be like go to a psychiatrist. mm -hmm. Some people that may be that I find works for me. Yeah. I have a a set number of coworkers that I confide in. Yeah. for sure. And if I need to talk to those, if I need to talk about something, I'm going to call somebody. Oh
1: yeah. You're going to reach out. Hey. And that's the most important thing. You don't want to bottle that stuff up. No. Um, Well, you know, and it's funny you bring that up. I, I have one of the biggest issues for me is, um, you know, I'm, I'm married and I have kids and talking, <laughs> trying to talk to my spouse about some of the stuff, you know, sometimes I, yeah, you know, I almost can get kind of frustrated and it, it, it's not fair to her, but be, because she just doesn't understand. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. And then the other part of it too is that you don't want to burden her,
2: <laughs> right,
1: with all this crap that you deal with at work right. that the average person, um, Joe Blow can't deal with or can't stomach. Or, right. Oh, I can't imagine that. You know, so right. stuff like that. And it's like, well, I, I live it. Every, you know, almost, obviously things that are hard to see doesn't happen every day on the job. I'm sure some places they do. But right. We're fortunate enough to wear at least for me, um, things that really leave a mark on you don't happen every single day. Right. But when they do happen, it's it's difficult. Um, definitely talking about it, um, but talking to it, talking about it to the right people. Right. You know? Yes. Because, I mean, you know, and spouses are usually like, no, you can talk to me about this stuff. But, it's like, but I don't, I don't want you to have to the, you focus don't, on this. Well, you don't Brian. want them
2: to wear your burdens uh, exactly, yeah, and, and see the demons that you see, yeah, because that's not a. No, yes, they married you, but it's not a lifestyle that they chose exactly to live.
1: It's a hard balancing act, man. Yes.
2: Oh, I couldn't imagine.
1: Um, the, and then like that's like kids too. I, 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 I can't. I can tell you a time I told my kids about like a call that I'd been on or something like that. I just, I try to keep them, keep them out of it, you know? Right. Um, So it, it, it's it's a, it's a tough thing to balance. It really is, but it's important to get um, ways and means, whether it's talking to people or doing an extracurricular activity thing, ways to, Get your mind off of it and decompress. And right. like you said, sometimes bringing the thing up and talking about it, like in your case with your coworkers, can be the decompression method that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they were on scene on the same thing
2: that you were. Right. So, well, and and that person they know your job absolutely, so they know what needs to be done as well. Mm-hmm. So they have an idea to if if there's something that you know you're like oh well they can help you. Remember to do that next time. Absolutely, or whatever the case. Absolutely, is. and
1: you're absolutely right. Game game planning, um, talking about it, and you know it's all constructive stuff. It's like, hey, you know, don't don't beat yourself up about it. Even if you would have done B, C, D instead of X, Y, Z, it probably would have been the same outcome. Right, but think about that next time. And you know, maybe depending on the situation, you could try BCD, you know, right. whatever, whatever that particular situation calls for. So, you can also find constructive criticism in that that exactly. may actually say you get the same scenario, and BCD might help a little bit more. Now you're thinking about it like, oh, okay, that's right. We had this conversation. I'm going to try this different method now, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll hopefully get me a, a separate result. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still human beings, right? right. So we can't save everybody. Right. And we're not going to be perfect. So I think also trying to have a realistic expectation for ourselves um, is important as well. You know, uh, without really knowing a good term for it, we kind of have the the hero complex where we want to, we want to be do the job the best right. that we can. Right. And we want to save everybody, but it's hard to realize that that's just not
2: possible all the time uh one of the things that i tell myself after something an incident like that yeah is i did everything within the best of my ability to the best of my training mhm so i i know that i did everything i could and it wasn't enough yeah and there's nothing i can do to go back and change that yeah so then I got to make myself better mm-hmm. absolutely, and keep my mind right or else I'm not doing justice for my next patient. Oh, absolutely. Because you're going to leave that call. Mm-hmm. And within the hour, most likely, depending on the service you work for or what you do, you're going to be at another call. Yeah where you may have just told somebody that their family member has passed because of whatever reason on this call. Mm -hmm. And the next call may be just something simple, a little kid that, you know, got a splinter in their finger and, Mm. you know, it's calling the ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm. you know, mom's freaking out and, you know, it's cute to a degree and you know you you give them some advice you help them out and you go on so you go from one extreme straight to the next oh yeah and if if i know i know if i don't make my mind right that i'm not going to provide the best care for that little kid or whatever whatever the next call is i'm not going to do my best
1: when do you find when you're on scene do you try to um Are you one of the guys that uh, I know different people have different uh, like game modes or, you know, ready to go modes that they get into when they're on scene. Um, Some are straight lace stone, maybe not stone cold, but they try to show as little emotion to appear as professional as possible and to show a sense of I'm here. I'm here to help. I'm Those guys that are a little bit more, um, not necessarily emotional, but show a little bit more emotion, right? To maybe try to connect with that person on, on an emotional level. Is there a certain way that you try to go about it when you're on scene? Do you find one way works a little bit better than the other? or
2: You just got to read your person yeah. that you're dealing with and that you're talking to. Kind of what they need in that moment. Right. Yeah. You, and because that's the thing, you go from, all right, there's nothing I can do to help this pig. Yeah, If you're freaking out because the bone's sticking out of the skin. What do you think he's going to do? The kid's going to freak out. Yeah, absolutely. So if you keep yourself calm, act like, even if you just don't know what you're doing, or mm-hmm. and you're, you're inside, if you're brand new baby medic, yeah, and you're inside freaking out, thinking, how do I do this? But if you yeah. act like you know what you're doing. Yeah, it can really calm him down it, too. And yeah. keep him calm. Yeah. Now you can, you know, think about, all right. Take a deep breath. Yeah. All right. I do this, this, and this. Yep. Yeah. Boom boom boom.
1: What are uh before we wrap it up, what are some points of advice um if any <laughs> that you could give somebody uh that's wanting to get into either your specific neck of the woods when it comes to first responder or being any kind of first responder. Um what are some tactics or things to expect um to be able to
2: deal with some of the trauma that a person would be seeing in I, this line of work, I think somebody that is deciding to get into this should know that you're going to see people on their worst days. Yeah. Um, and that as long as you know that you did everything that you could mm-hmm. to the best that you could mm-hmm. with the situation given, that there's no other way you could have changed the outcome. Absolutely and that's how that's how i i get through it
1: yeah that's that a great point um i i would also add trying to learn how to not not take stuff home yes um if you are in a point in your life where you're married or have kids or have a boyfriend girlfriend whatever what have you try not to if you had a hard day try to leave it at the door yeah. and not bring it home check it
2: then, check your emotions at the door yeah. because your kids didn't see that. They no. didn't have to live that. Why should you come home and them have to relive it? Absolutely. Even they weren't there. Yeah. They, you know, they're innocent. Mm. They're just excited. Daddy's home. Yeah, absolutely. And so you you hang them emotions outside uh-huh. on the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you go in and you you almost got to flip a switch.
1: Yeah, you really do. Because you have and, to. Be, I mean, you have to go in a. Being dad mode, being boyfriend mode, girlfriend mode, husband yeah. mode, wife mode, whatever. You yeah.
2: What well, whatever your role is.
1: Yeah, That's a that's a great point. Uh great segment. Uh it's it's something that you know we as a um a first responder family need to discuss more.
2: Oh you know? yeah. Because mo- and as a man, but most men oh yeah. <laughs> they won't talk about it. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. and And i was that
1: way for a long time yeah
2: and whenever i was young into this i was that way and finally i had a guy come to me and he's like look like i need you to meet me here at the fire station Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay you know he's one of my officers yeah and i met him there and he's like look we had a rough night yeah like are you okay and i'm like what yeah like am i okay yeah of course i'm okay yeah Yeah, i'm okay he's like no he's like he's like no like this is a real deal yeah you know because i was i was brand new Mm -hmm. you know i didn't know what i was doing i just got into it was learning and you know and he sat down with me and he talked to me and and i think as if you're a leader in your first response agency yeah that you should keep an eye out on your younger people, all your people, but your younger people, especially the people that are new to it. Absolutely. Yeah, and and go to those people and talk to them, and you know, as as a as a captain of my fire department, you know, I've I've reached out to younger people after things, and I'm like, hey, yep. you know, are you good? Like, you want to talk? Yeah, debrief. Yeah, you know, and just reach out. Yep. And let them know that it's okay because we all feel the same way. Oh, for sure. It's just, I've learned to deal with it. Yeah. And how to mitigate it in my mind where I can sleep at night. Yeah. And help them get to that point where they can mitigate it and they can sleep at night.
1: Yeah. Uh, and hey, that's that's great uh, leadership. That's a great attitude as a leader to have. You know, always kind of, you got to keep track of your people. You know, so that's awesome that they have a a leader like you there. Um, And, you know, anybody that's listening out there, take all that into um, consideration, you know, anybody, well, you know, I want to say anybody can do the job. You just have to have the right mindset, really. And you have to be, you have to be humble and you have to be um, realistic that you know, not every day is gonna be cool. Right. Right. Some days you're gonna be like, Man, this it was a rough effing day. Right? Yeah. You know, like, man, there's some tough stuff today. So just be realistic, be humble. And uh, definitely. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna go ahead and close this segment. This is James Waffin. Sign off with Project Tribute Podcast, and we have our guest,
2: John Wayne. All right,
1: you guys take it easy.
0: This podcast is hosted by the Project Tribute Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our first responders. Thank you for listening. For more information on our efforts, check us out at www.projecttribute.com. If you're a first responder that would like to share your story, contact us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com. You can find us on various social media and podcast sites by searching the Project Tribute Foundation. 100% of donations are used to save lives while our retail store pays for any of our operational costs. Thank you again, and please be sure to like us, follow us, and share our foundation with your friends. Thank you, and have a great day.